Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. We are taking our time together now for prayer and delving into the scriptures. Let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this new year, this new year of grace, this new year of opportunity, this new year of life, and this new year of service. We praise and bless you for all that you have given us in the years past and for the promise and hope you give us as we change the calendar once again. Enable us each day of this new year to delve into your word, to understand it more clearly, to live it more faithfully, to proclaim it more effectively. Lord, we repent of our sins. Give us your forgiveness for anything we have done to offend you or for anything we have failed to do to serve you. Bless us now as we read your word and as we pray for one another. We bring you all our intentions. We present to you all the needs that we are aware of and that those we love have as well. We pray for the nation and for the church and for the world through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, who is the liar? Whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Whoever denies the Father and the Son this is the Antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son does not have the Father. But whoever confesses the Son has the Father as well. Let what you heard from the beginning remain in you. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He made us, eternal life. I write you these things about those who would deceive you. As for you, the anointing that you have received from Him remains in you, so that you do not need anyone to teach you. But His anointing teaches you about everything and is true and not false, just as it taught you, remain in Him. And now children remain in Him, so that when He appears we may have confidence and not be put to shame by Him at His coming. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I was a child, I remember loving Christmas very much, as I still do now, but also getting very sad, even teary, at the end of Christmas Day, because it was over. But as the years went on, my joy in Christmas has actually increased, but that sadness at the end of the day has mostly gone away because of what this reading says here. We are celebrating the coming of a person who remains with us, a gift that stays with us. In fact, it's a gift not simply that we possess, but that possesses us. We are in the Son, 
and therefore in the Father, just as He is in the Father, we receive life from the Son. This is the promise, as the reading says, eternal life, which we have now. It will unfold fully later, but we have it now. And so we have life. The Father gives life to the Son, as Jesus says in John 6, and the Son then imparts that life to us in various different ways. But this is the gift of Christmas. He remains in us. That's an abiding gift, but there's also an abiding duty on our part to remain in Him. He's not going anywhere. The Christ who comes, comes definitively. There's He, in, in, in His heart and mind, in His eternal will, there is no turning back. The one who came is not going to go away. I will not leave you orphans, He says. I will come back to you. He comes in various forms. He comes in His Spirit, in His sacraments, in His Word, in the Christian community, in the ministers He appoints. He comes in so many different ways. And He's not turning back. We have the duty, however, to remain with Him because we, sinful creatures as we are, are all too capable of turning back. O come, all ye faithful, come ye to Bethlehem and adore Him. So we say yes to that invitation at Christmas. Many say yes to that invitation, but then, just as... Jesus described in the parable of the sower and the seed, some seed lands on the soil, but it's shallow, has no roots, doesn't develop, some persecution comes along, people turn away. Remain in Him. Now He says, let the teaching you heard remain in you, and let the anointing remain in you. We are Christians. The word Christ that describes who we are in our faith means anointed. In Hebrew, Messiah, anointed one. You and I were anointed at our baptism. The sacrament of confirmation involves anointing as well. So does the sacrament of holy orders, which I received upon ordination, both as a deacon and as a priest. And these sacraments involve anointing with oil, and they cannot be repeated. You cannot, and nor can they be taken away. Your baptism, even if you sin, even if you fall away from the faith, you cannot become unbaptized. Your confirmation, once and forever, it changes you, it never goes away. Priesthood, no matter what the church does to a priest, once he has been validly ordained, he's a priest forever. So this reading says, the anointing that you receive from him remains in you. You have a, you've been transformed by your baptism and confirmation. And those of you that have been ordained, you've been transformed by that forever. Not even death takes it away. You remain a baptized, confirmed, ordained individual for all eternity. Let the teaching for you heard from the beginning remain in you. Now this echoes what St. Saint, Saint John is saying. St. Paul says this very clearly. For example, to the Galatians, he says, listen, you've received the gospel preaching. Now, even if we came along or even if an angel from heaven came along and told you something different, don't listen to him. So the, the teaching is a solid, knowable, identifiable, permanent, lasting gift to us. It's a Christmas gift. The child that we welcome at Bethlehem in the manger, proclaimed by the angels to the shepherds, is the one who brings us the teaching, the teaching that must remain in us. 
Sure, we grow deeper in our understanding of it, but again, we never go away from it. We never toss it out. We never make it go in a different direction. Our increased understanding of our faith is always an affirmation of what it already says, but we understand more deeply why what it already says is true. The development is not, oh, all of a sudden it doesn't say what we thought it said. That's the difference between growing an understanding of the faith and abandoning it. Let what you heard from the beginning remain in you. Now, what does he mean when he says, you do not need anyone to teach you? Because that, that really seems to contradict a lot of Scripture because Jesus says, first of all, he is the teacher, and he teaches his disciples at great length, and then he appoints teachers. And St. Paul says it's one of the key gifts that Christ gives to his body, the church. He appoints some as teachers. And we remember in the Acts of the Apostles, the, um, the eunuch who was uh, uh, riding along in the chariot and, and Paul was, was told by the Lord to catch up with him and, and, uh, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Paul said, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless someone explain it to me? And Paul says, we are to preach the word. How can they believe unless someone preaches? So, preaching and teaching by human beings appointed by Jesus is necessary in the church. But there's also this truth that you don't need anyone to teach you because you have the anointing. Well, what is exactly, how does this, how does this mesh with these other teachings? Because the one teacher we have is Christ Jesus. All the other teachers of the faith, and this includes parents teaching their children, which they have the natural obligation and right to do. It includes ministers of the gospel, whether lay or clerical, proclaiming it. All of them have a duty. It includes the bishops and the pope as well. All of them have a duty to represent accurately and to teach truthfully what, as this reading says, we have all heard from the beginning. It's not the personal message of any of us. It's what we have heard from the beginning. We've talked about this so many times before. So Jesus says you have only one teacher, the Christ. Now that Christ has come into us. We abide in Him. He abides in us. We abide together in the Father and in the Spirit. So the word that we hear externally preached to us or externally from a scripture book like this, read to us, is confirmed by the Holy Spirit speaking within us. That's why it's a good idea to pray for the preaching of the Word every day, that the preacher might be faithful to the Word that's been handed on to us from the beginning, but also that the listener might be moved by the Holy Spirit, open to that Spirit to better understand the Word and let it, sharper as a two-edged sword that it is, examine their hearts and challenge them and change them. So in other words, the way we put these two teachings together, that there are indeed teachers, but that we don't need anyone to teach us, is that the message proclaimed externally is confirmed on the inside and that there is something called the sense of the faithful, sensus fidelium in Latin. The sense of the faithful is you know, the, the faith is not some kind of special message that only an elite group of people have. It's been proclaimed openly to all of us. So we know what it is. When the teacher comes along to teach us, 
he or she needs to be faithful to the faith that is known to all of us. And if they're not, we're going to notice that. Now, because human beings are weak, because we are led astray easily, teachers are needed. But by that same token and for that same reason, those teachers need to be faithful. And that's why John is giving a warning here that there are some going to come along who would want to deceive us. Not that they're just mistaken in how they present the faith, but that they're actually trying to deceive us. John says, that's, when, that's the context then in which he says, you don't, have any, you don't need anyone to teach you. In other words, yes, there is a role for teachers of the faith, but they are not the source of the faith. That's what's being, being said here. They are not the source of the faith. You have no need to anyone to teach you. Somebody's got to, does somebody really have to tell you? Now that you've accepted the faith, you've received the anointing, John is talking to those who are already believers, does somebody have to come along and tell you that Jesus is Lord for you to believe that today? Or do you already know that? Is the Spirit bearing witness to that in your mind and heart? And if somebody comes along and says to you, Jesus is not Lord, and tries to deceive you, you have no need for them to teach you. You have no need even for someone who corrects them to, to teach you, because you already know the truth. Jesus is risen from the dead. Somebody comes along and tries to persuade you that that's not true. You have no need of anyone to teach you. The anointing you receive from Him remains in you. You're a Christian. You have an anointing. You've made a commitment, and that anointing signifies that the Holy Spirit is in you to strengthen you to do what? To do what this reading says. Let what you heard from the beginning remain in you. So there's a lot of deceit out there. And those of you who are parents are worried about your children straying from the faith, as some, so many have done, so many parents uh, talk to me about the fact that that has happened. If you have laid the solid foundation and made sure that they have received the sacraments and taught them, that faith, that anointing is there. It remains with them. They may be deceived for a while. But the good news is that when the grace of God like happened with the prodigal son, nudges them to wake up and to turn around and to come back. They have something to come back to. It's a solid foundation. You've done a good job in planting that foundation. Remember, it's not just you. The Holy Spirit Himself and Jesus are urging them back. The promise, finally, that the reading says our faith and our Savior bring us is eternal life. The promise Christmas brings us is eternal life. You know the Christmas song that says, man, man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. This is our commitment to life. This is why we are pro-life. In order for people to receive this gift of eternal life, they have to have secure their human life. They have to be alive in order to hear this word and to receive it by faith. Pro-life is right at the center of our religion. It can't be changed. It can't be ignored. This is the promise He made to us, eternal life. The whole thrust of our religion is exactly the opposite of death. The whole thrust of our religion is exactly that death itself dies, is destroyed, is undone. Eternal life, human life, raised up to the throne of God. It's human life. When we have eternal life, we don't lose our human life. 
It's human life that God thinks so highly of that He lifts it up to share in His divine life while it still remains human. Just as Jesus, who was already God, took on a human life for Himself, and He remained God. We take on divine life, but we remain human. The dignity of human life, because of the Christmas, because of the gospel of Christ, is raised up even higher than what it was before. It was already sacred because God made us in His own image. Long before Christ came, that teaching is clear on the first pages of the Bible. But now it's, it's, it's reaffirmed even stronger. Life. Oh, we are pro-life, all right, and we are proud of it. Let Christmas strengthen that, and let the new year strengthen that in all of us. Let us pray. Jesus, we, filled with hope in this promise of eternal life, filled with confidence that we remain in the teaching, that we remain in you and in the Father, that the anointing we receive remains in us, we come to you again. Strengthen our faith, strengthen our commitment to life, and answer our prayers. Fulfill our needs. You have already come for us. We have received in you everything we could ask for, and therefore we have the hope that you will fulfill all the needs that we express each day. Give us the graces we need today, discernment, health, wisdom, confidence, consolation in sorrow, and gratitude in success. We sum up all our prayers and praises in the words, Lord Jesus, that you taught us as we pray to the Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me, friends. Invite others to come to our daily scripture reflections. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone, and we will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.